We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. It was very close, though. I really did want to put my faith in Harry Kane in the first game of September, just mm-hmm. because, to, just for the storyline and in case it worked out, just to kind of rub it in your face. Fantasy Soccer Podcast from Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit Rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by our friends at Starting Eleven, uh, the only app that lets you make live substitutions during your daily fantasy matchups. All right. Speaking of matchups, uh, I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and as always, I take on my co-host, Andrew Laird. And Andrew, it's another Starting Eleven weekend. Uh, I'm on a roll here. Uh, I haven't lost in any matchup I've faced on that app, <laughs> so. Um, Obviously, the scoring system is all wrong. Yeah, something well. something must be wrong with this app if you're winning all the time. So, <laughs> I am actually seeing the like the uh, I'm seeing FPL. You know, like 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 a like a baseball. Like sometimes the baseball looks like a grapefruit, and that's right. kind of what's going on here, or like a beach ball. Like it's it's I'm really seeing it pretty well now. Uh, you know, my my Taka teams are both two and one. I'm undefeated in uh, and because. 
the reason why I'm two and one in one league is because I scored 120 points and lost. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, and uh, what else here? Uh, I'm undefeated in the secondary division in EFSA and uh, you were the closest. You were the person to come closest uh, when you scored 130, but you still lost. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's it unfortunate. happens. It happened. It, it, it's happened to the both of us already, but in different formats. Uh, but I mean, you know, I, I really think that I, I've come across a, a couple of things here, and I'll share it while we get into our game week four analysis in a little bit. But um, it's good to it's good to be back. We had our Taga draft. Uh, I have a very weird team. Uh, do you like yours? Uh, I do like mine. There's a few few hiccups i had there was it was just kind of a weird draft um because there's a bunch of rotowire people not necessarily premier league nuts like we are and so you know we saw a few defenders going a little early which allowed us to get some value plays later on i basically decided to punt on forwards and then ended up basically i like five seconds after i was like okay i'll just pass on forwards i took Chicharito and then took Marcus Rashford like right after and it was like very very weird I got I took, Jermaine Defoe I, 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 really late like I took was... Sun over Matt Ritchie something yeah. I never do yeah I was but... shocked at that I took, I took Virgil Andrew... van Dyke early because I just did it out of spite for you you did uh I I, I think I wound up with like five defenders which is odd for me and oh. I what it, and one of them is well one of them is out for a while and Danny Rose and the other one and another one is uh Davi uh, Davide Zappacosta oh, right. because I have because I have Victor Moses and I'm like I am not getting burned by this. <laughs> <laughs> but we talked about that previously that like it's okay to handcuff defenders at least in Taga as opposed to yeah. running back well, to the NFL. That because he's the he's the spell for both Alonzo and uh, and and Victor Moses. So you know there there might be an instance where I start both. Zappacosta and Victor Moses. That'll be very rare. Yeah. And I rarely ever get to have Chelsea players on my team. I also have Cesc Fabregas, which never happens. Uh, <laughs> like I'm just like my team is so weird. Uh, but of course, I I, I was I, I forced myself into it. I had the third pick in the draft, uh, and Alexis Sanchez, of course, was there, and so I had to take him because yep. of what I said on the podcast last week, or sorry, on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So, at I mean, least you I, did it, though. At least you yeah. didn't try to trade back into a different pick so you could get a Chelsea player. Yeah, Wallen, stick to your guns. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, what do you I mean? Have, what do you? What did Wallen have to do with this? So, Alexis Sanchez. And I have I have two Arsenal forwards in Sanchez and Lacazette because yeah. Lacazette dropped in the second round to me, and I had no choice. Yeah. I felt. I, I, felt I, the, I was hoping. I think I had the fifth pick, and um, Lacazette was there. And I'm trying to think of who I would have taken at that spot. Well, I mean, you you passed on you passed on Lacazette two picks before me. Um, oh right, yes, two picks before you. I'm trying to think of who I would have taken in the second round. Um, I think I thought you took a second midfielder. It was like a like Kevin De Bruyne or something. I think it like might have been Chicharito actually. De Bruyne wouldn't have lasted that long. I took Erickson fifth overall. Which of course you did. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? I mean, he's been okay. <laughs> like, what is he averaging? Seventeen points? Uh, just about. Just about. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at your team here really quickly. You, yeah, it's kind you, of like a. It's a big set of. Well, so that's the problem you took with Coutinho my team in the second round. You took Coutinho in the second round. That's what you did. Um, that's right. That's right. I probably took Chicharito in the third. You so did. yeah, that's that's like the pro. I guess 
I just didn't think of Coutinho, but like, that's kind of the thing. I was like, if you went through my team and you were like, order these, how they were drafted, I don't think you'd ever even get like more than three right after the first round. Like, that's how weird the draft was. Like I got Pedro fairly late, um, Rashford too, Defoe, like these aren't guys I usually take, but they were, they fell so much that I had to go. Like, I think I got Brady in the 10th, something like that. Yeah, a lot of guys fell. A lot of guys fell pretty far. I got a decent defensive staff somehow because they're defenders. Speaking of defenders, I was looking at our at the Taga Premier Division, whatever they call it, and I was like, "Oh, let's see, like who are still on waivers and yeah, who's been dropped." <laughs> eight of the ten highest scoring players available are defenders. Of course and, they are. And the ninth is a goalie. Yeah, like and tenth is Darren Fletcher. It's like, yeah, exactly. Of course they are. I mean, I, I mean, I've already picked up Joel in that league. I picked up Joel Maddup, who was dropped, which is thank you. Um, and Phil Jones was a waiver wire transaction, and that's two thirds of who I'm going to start pretty much every week as long as they're starting. Yeah. Alan Neom, I believe, was a waiver wire pickup of mine as well, who's been great. Uh, and I also have Craig. Da- I think I have Craig Dawson and Chris Brunt. Like I have a lot of West Brom for some reason. Yikes! Good luck with that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, but well, let 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 uh, you know before we get yeah before we get into all the individuals here, just as we get started back up with with Premier League football again, um, you know it, it, we kind of talked about it on Tuesday, but was there one lesson that you've learned that you're going to take going forward into matchups this weekend? Um, n- n- the problem is is that I don't think there's anything to learn until we see what happens with Arsenal. Like I think Arsenal is the one that's going to change everything, whether Alexis starts or not, and basically how he responds to the ridiculousness of the transfer window. So I, I unfortunately, I don't, I don't think we know until we see that. That's really the only question mark I have. I mean, we see Coutinho's already been ruled out, uh, and I'm not sure he was going to start anyway, both because he just started training with them and um, he just flew back from South America, which Firmino has the same issue. I'm not sure if he'll start as well, but... As you noted on Twitter, they float, they fly back in style. Yeah. But let's get to it here. You've segued nicely. Uh, the Premier League Matrix gods have sli- smiled upon us gently by uh, having Manchester City host Liverpool in the first matchup of game week number four. If you decide to get up at 730, uh, you, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I think there'll be lots of offense on display. As many as 12 forwards will start and as many as eight <laughs> defenders will start. So it's 12 on eight no matter what. <laughs> yeah, it'll be – I mean – uh, the, you were intimating of the picture that I retweeted. It was basically a private jet flying back from Brazil to, I assume they would land in London, although who knows. But on the flight was uh, Firmino, Coutinho, Ederson, Fernandinho, Willian, and am I missing anyone? David Luiz? No, he wasn't there. I, I'm just trying to name Brazilians. Yeah. Well, either way, they all flew back together. They looked very happy, and a number of them are possibly playing in this game, although, as we, as I just said, Coutinho has been ruled out. But, yeah, Firmino, uh, someone mentioned uh, on Twitter yesterday that he is basically horrific in first games back after international breaks. Um, oh, Gabriel Jesus, he was the other one. Um, so oh, he was on the plate, on the plane. So he possibly, you know, he, he his fitness is in question. Fernandinho Ederson is a goalkeeper, so I assume he'll be fine. But, um, you know, we'll just we'll have to see what 
what the situation is. Somehow Sergio Aguero probably had to fly back on you know a coach flight. So bummer yeah. for him. Yeah. As Oasis would say, what's the story, Morning Glory? And uh, for for Manchester City, that story is can they defend the Liverpool attack? Uh, you think that's the story as opposed to the other way around? I, I think it's I, – I mean I, I, I kind of intimated with the fact that there will be 12 forwards starting yeah. in, in between the two of them. Yeah. But yes. um, I think w- what Man City has going for them is that uh, they are very fast on the wings now with Benjamin Mendy and Kyle Walker, which um, – you know, Liverpool's kind of key is Sadio Mane's speed. And if those guys can keep up with him, that, you know, that's a significant uh, piece of their defense. So um, I think, I think it'll be like, I think Man City will, I mean, Liverpool will have a much harder time with Man City than vice versa. Well, here's, I think it all, I think for me, it comes down to the formation that's going to be used by Manchester City. Are they going to put three center backs in or are they just going to use uh, company and, uh, and Otamendi? Like is John Stone? Are they going to try and get John Stones out there for extra support on defense, uh, or are they going to just you know kind of throw caution to the wind because the, I mean that affects the, the the fullbacks, right? If you're only going to play if you're going to play four at the back and you that really only means one of the two of Kyle Walker and uh, and Benjamin Mendy can actually go forward and give you that width that you're desiring there. Uh, theoretically, I mean, they obviously are, aren't going to move up at the same time, but yeah. no. Well, but like what I what I mean by that is like if you play three at the back, then both of them can go up, and would you sacrifice a midfielder? Would you fa- sacrifice a you know a Leroy Sané yes. or a Raheem Sterling for you know that five at the back or three at the back approach with the two wing backs? Yes, I I I think that's what they should do. Whether you know, I'm not Pep, I, I, Pep will come I up think... with something ridiculous as well. I mean, it's not like he sticks to a regular formation often, but yeah, I think they have every reason. I th- I still think that Mendy and Walker should be able to get up enough if they play four in the back that they'll be fine i i mean we we've said it before with with pep guardiola's teams right the fullbacks don't do anything uh he he really hasn't had fullbacks like he has now i'm aware of that, so that how i think uh, that's why but, but he has had danny alves in the past like sure. he's had better fullbacks too <laughs> like, i don't want to make it seem like he's just been you know depraved of talent in that position which is just false uh, uh i i think they he has been deprived of of uh, great attacking fullbacks. Danny Alves is, is the good one, and he, he was good. He, re- he refused to play David Alaba at Bayern Munich at that position, even though he is an exceptional attacking fullback. He he made, he made him play inside, and even at like central attacking midfielder at times. Yeah, which is it's just silly. I mean, but he I mean that's where he plays for Austria. I mean, it's a com- it's a position he's very comfortable playing. So, I what I guess what I'm saying is is I don't think he has, look at him he, as a winner. Historically, he has not placed high importance on that position. Um, or you could argue he has very high importance on defending in that position. But I, Fine. but again, I think for Mendy and Walker, purpose, I think I, I, for fantasy purposes that that doesn't help, that doesn't help much. No, I think the, the, the key for them is whatever side Mane is on, that guy is probably going to be back and Mane moves around the field all over, you know, all over. So there are going to be opportunities for both of them to move up. Yeah. But I don't I see think, how I, I, Liverpool I handles think... Man City. Well, really but don't. that's the but that's the key though, because you can't do that anymore because they have someone who's just as quick on the other side now uh, of wherever Mane is in Mo, in Mo Salah, and he provides you know a lot a similar pace on the other side. But yeah, um, his finishing ability and his touch on the ball is you know still something that we have to see on a consistent basis to put him at the same level as Sadio Mane. But it's he's, he's fast. He's not Mane fast though. 
he's he he's he's I mean he's quick. Money he's he's real quick. Like, yeah. like especially on a counterattack, like he's real quick. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I think I again, think I think see... I think the guy Man City has guys on the wings that will be able to keep up with them. And they might be the only team that can do that. Furthermore, Liverpool, you know, as of recent past, they've really raised their level of play for games like this. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they've. A I lot of they, them are usually not right after an international break. <laughs> I'm aware, but it's the it's the end of the international break for both teams. Sure. So you think they could play a four four two, and not have they, they uh, meaning who uh, Liverpool. Have like a Chan, Wijnaldum, Henderson, Milner midfield. No, I think they have to. No, I think I, 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 I really think that they're going to stick to their four three three. Okay. There's no reason to switch from it. Because well, the reason they, is that it, Firmino is tired and Coutinho's out. I guess they Coutinho, play Sturridge. I was about to say Coutinho. Coutinho wasn't in the lineup the first few weeks. Yeah. They had four three three, so that that's fine. But yeah, I understand Firmino would pose a risk, and you could put Sturridge there, but you know, ideally you wouldn't want to. Yeah. Okay. I agree. I mean, I was just thinking of how they get stronger defensively with those with Not those that, like, center. Yeah, with those center backs, I think Origi would be a better center, uh, central forward. Yeah, he doesn't play there anymore, though. I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's he's been given the Marcus Rashford. You're you're tall. You're you're tall and you're quick. Play out wide. <laughs> so, no, he doesn't play for Liverpool anymore. I know that. Okay. But anyway. yeah, someone uh, someone sorry, I should have rephrased. Someone in the Divac Origi mode would have been nice to have for Liverpool in this spot. But yes, Daniel Sturridge would likely be the backup too. Uh, to Firmino in this case. Mm. Be nice when Danny Ings is back. I'd like to see him play. Mm, no. <laughs> no, I would not. Not in this system. That's fine. Uh, all right. On the Manchester City side, uh, basically, you're com- I mean, what we've seen so far from Kevin De Bruyne versus David Silva so far, it's basically the roles reversed from last season. Uh, a little bit. I think people are putting a little too much, um, too much stock into the, this. Like, oh, De Bruyne's playing deeper, so he can't. He's not doing a lot. Like, he is still creating a ton of chances. I mean, Silva is as well. But like, De Bruyne's creating the chances. He's still on almost all their free kicks and any set pieces, any other set pieces. And like, the he, maybe he's not doing as much in open play, but like, he's still excellent. And so De Bruyne is still way above Silva for me. Yeah, it's it, it, I, I think that the pendulum will swing back in the De Bruyne favor at some point. But one thing that does kind of worry me from what I've seen in the first few games is that De Bruyne is being asked to go back and fetch the ball from the defensive line. He has to play very deep as of yet. So uh, as of, uh, uh, you know, as of the beginning points of the season, that might change uh, for an Andino might be able to link up a little better going uh, in the future. But um, Kevin De Bruyne has been asked to do a lot as far as getting the ball from deep and starting the playmaking from back there. Right. So we're complaining that he is now touching the ball even more. Yeah, but he's touching but yes, the ball. From but goal, he, sure. Yeah. Be further from goal. And he's having to see the, the attacking possession points to, to David Silva at that point, because by the time he's all the way up the field, it's been like 10, you know, nine, 10 passes and he may have had to do a significant amount of running. And then he has to kind of stay back to be responsible too. Okay. 
Just so, something to think about. It's not. It, it, it's uh, you know, the pendulum. I think will swing back in De Bruyne's direction, but maybe not as heavily as some people would think. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, even if Andy Robertson does start this match, even though I expect him to do so, I would not consider him a top ten defender this week. <laughs> okay. Noted. <laughs> Still for the season, though, top ten. If he, as long as he gets the, well, I'll put it this way: if he gets thirty starts, he's a top ten defender. Okay. You now have two guys in your top ten. It's him and Ver- and Van Dyke. So yeah, we just need to work on the other eight over the totally course cool. of the season. I I am totally cool with those two in my top ten. I don't, first of all, Van Dyke's not a stretch. Okay, <laughs> like that is not a stretch at all. Okay. Speaking speaking of Virgil Van Dyke, let's transition seamlessly to Southampton, who take on Watford at St. Mary's, the battle of the the, the battle of unbeaten teams here. <laughs> they are. <laughs> okay. Um... The yeah, I mean they both have looked okay. Watford have looked good. Southampton have looked okay, but um, I mean I still struggle to get really excited about a team that starts Tom Gleverly every week. That's all. I like Nathan <laughs> Redmond. I've, I've I've totally turned a corner on Nathan Redmond. Please explain why. Uh, John Wallace would love to hear this. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, it's it's more of the. Uh, Redmond is now what everyone said he was last year and the year before. And like, I'll just say everybody was early on Redmond. I'm willing to now go with him. I mean, he's creating a lot of chances. He's taking a lot of shots and that's kind of what you want from your attacking players. And so So, he's not a big crosser, but you know, he, what was this? I think there, there's no player in the premier league who is, taken multiple or double digit shots and created double digit chances but redmond is at 11 and 9 respectively like that's that's the South, player that he is i think southampton are the only t- team to lead uh what is it i think they're in the, sorry they're the only team that's top five in possession passes mm-hmm. and shots okay but they haven't led to a lot of goals yeah do you know why that's the case because they say played... Manolo Gabbiadini, I'm going to be really upset. No, 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 oh, no, not the goals <laughs> thing about why they have so many passes and possession. It's because they've played twice at home against Swansea and West Ham, and they played at Huddersfield. Like that this helps. is what we said at the beginning of the season. Like before the season started, it was like Southampton have a great set of fixtures to start the year, and here they are unbeaten, though they've been shut out twice. Uh, they face a Watford side that is going to pack it in, I think, defensively and allow them really? to have more possession. Really? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, but because they have the one-two counterpunching threat of pace up front, which is rare yeah. in, in the Premier League in Richarlison and with Andre Gray, if mm-hmm. they choose to go that route. I, I, we've said it before. We said it on Tuesday, I believe, that Troy Deeney is going to be on a much shorter leash this year. And I, I'm not, I don't think he's a guaranteed start. Uh, I just, I agree. I don't see why he would start. Yeah, in a game like this one where if they – I mean, I do think that they are going to play counterattacking away from home. Uh, I believe that they have two better counterattacking forwards than Troy Deeney. Yeah, I mean, Deeney's not a counterattacking – well. He is. He can hold the ball up and bring people in, but uh, I'm not sure if that's the way they want to go. I, I suppose, yeah. Um, yeah, he – Again, the, the, they have been kind of talking about his fitness, and apparently now he's like back to 100%, but I can't imagine that's the reason why he hasn't been playing. Yeah, too many meat pies. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, that's a. I, I, I take that back. I do not want Troy Deeney to come find me and absolutely uh, kick the crap out of me. So I definitely don't want that upon wish wish that upon myself. Yeah. Even if cat- he started, like if there, there's probably no situation where if he starts instead of Andre Gray, that you would take him over Richarlison. Is it Richarlison or Ricarlison? Uh, is it hard C H in port, Brazilian Portuguese? Uh, I don't I'll play t- FIFA, talk- so I don't know how to say any of these names. Uh, uh, well, first of all, you'd just be getting Martin Tyler's interpretation. But right. secondly, uh, I will talk to my buddy uh, Damien, who is of Portuguese descent. He can tell me. I'll Brazilian just- Portuguese, though? He does. <laughs> Check back difference. with me next week. I'll yeah. let you know. All right. All right. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I just don't see how you would take Dini over Richarlison. That's what I'm going with now. Um, how about this? Olivas is back. He's Richarlison when he plays well and Richarlison when he's <clears throat> Right. Simon and Simone. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, I like, I, I just don't see me ever thinking this is the week I'm taking Dini. So. No, uh, yeah, and uh, and he was and he was being drafted as if he was a consistent option. And uh, well, uh, in I, fairness, when he was being drafted, Richarlison wasn't on the team. Neither was Andre Gray. Right. So there you go. I just like being right. Okay, just let me have it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go. You kind of teased Arsenal about the question mark surrounding Arsenal. They are at the Emirates. Uh, I don't know if thankfully or not taking on Burnmouth. Uh, Burnmouth, a team who have lost, I believe, all three of their first games they have, uh, but uh, a little bit hard done by in their last slate against Manchester City, let's be honest. Uh, But Burnmouth do travel to the Emirates, and again, I'm not sure if Arsenal are happy that they're at home this week. Uh, I I wouldn't put it that far. Um, They are going to hear the Boobirds and hear them loudly. um, Again, I'm not sure that's the case. I mean, like, what What are they going to get out of that? Just boo because you screwed up the whole... Like, I think they're, I think it will be positive to start. It all depends on what happens with Alexis. Well, the, the Wenger out crowd is going to be in it's full always, song. Yeah, it's always been a minority, though. Right or wrong, but... Um, yeah, I think the lineup always matters. They were, uh, Wenger said something about Alexis... Basically, Alexis's fitness because he was also in South America for the international break, played twice, and I just can't fathom that Danny Welbeck will continue to start over Alexander Lacazette. But he has been, so uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and I think Kalasnik my... will finally get a start now that Oxley Chamberlain is gone. Yeah, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm kind of counting on Kalasnik, but. Uh... For 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 me, if that happens, my my Rotowire toggle league is shot because <laughs> I have both Lacazette and Alexi Sanchez. Um, trusting yeah. trusting I'm trusting Arsene Wenger to do the right thing, and I'm just not sure if that's a good idea. Uh, but from a tactic standpoint, Arsenal should win this one pretty pretty soundly. Uh, Burnmouth have offered no threat going forward, or very little threat going forward. Uh, I mean, Josh King hit the post uh, to a couple weeks ago against uh, Manchester City, uh, and they scored a tremendous goal from Charlie Daniels. But that is a one in a thousand shot. Uh, but it, you know, they, they've really they've really inspired very little going forward. Burnmouth have. Uh, yeah, I mean, with. Um... Defoe's like whatever the injury I forget what the injury was but old age <laughs> um, you know he's back I think fully fit now but yeah I mean this team 
it's a weird team on the road. They're the biggest underdog this weekend. I can't imagine you'd, you'd think you're getting much out of them. I mean, if you're playing on FanDuel for teams that'll get pummeled, I assume Nathan Ake, if he's fit, will get plenty of attention. And Simon Francis is back, so he may start um, in place of Adam Smith. But again, if you're in a clean sheet dependent league or one that looks for crosses like DraftKings, you're probably not going to the Burnmouth guys unlikely so we think it's arsenal uh take your take what take the attacking options that come uh would you feel comfortable in a league like in a DraftKings like setting with uh, mesut ozil uh yeah we talked about jordan and i talked about this yesterday um i'm never really that comfortable with ozil which is kind of frustrating because you're like yeah you want the guy who takes set pieces for the heaviest favorite and that's arsenal but um i mean it's a great week for taga the chances created is he'll be great for that. And so you just have to hope that that keeps it going. Yeah. And uh, that's just a free shameless plug for the DFS version of the fantasy soccer podcast with uh, Jordan Cooper and uh, Andrew Laird. Uh, you can catch that. I believe it's on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Mondays and Thursdays. Yeah. Mondays and Thursdays. I was close. Very All right. Uh, let's take uh, let, let's take a, a new matchup here. We have uh, Brighton. Uh, the Gulls, as they are called, uh, they are at home against West Brom. The Baggies, as they are called. Tony Pulis doing Tony Pulis things before 40 points. Uh, Brighton doing Chris Hewton things at all times when he's in the Premier League and not winning. It looks pretty bad. Um, this game should be horrific. Uh, and I'm not sure anybody... Like I, I, You could see this being nil-nil, so plenty of defender clean sheets available for people. And... Um, Brighton, I believe, may have Glenn Murray back, or they could start Jose Iscadero up top. Uh, I, I, Izquierdo is, or Iscadero, I keep forgetting. Uh, he, I mean, he's been brought in to score goals yep. because they can't. Yep. Uh, so there's that. The midfield has like decent names. Like Davy Proper had a great international break. Pascal Gross is decent. Anthony Knockhart, we're still waiting for him to do stuff, but it's um. He's still recovering from injury, and he's had the oh, international break. With, he is. Knockhart? Yes. He, he's, he's played suffered. twice. He's, he's come on twice, and he's, he started once. I mean, there's that's enough for me. I'm saying that now now is the time where you know, it's the, the brass tacks, whatever. <laughs> now is the time where you need to get what, get your expected return from Anthony Knockhart. Yep. I'm willing to give him a pass the first three weeks as yeah, he recovered. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um. West Brom, obviously, we have to see if Kieran Gibbs is going to get a start right away. This will be his first match. And if he does start, theoretically, that moves Chris Brunt into the midfield, which takes a spot away from somebody, probably so James originally, or something. Well, I think originally when they brought Gibbs in, they were anticipating that Johnny Evans was going to leave and they would put Craig Dawson in the middle, like they did, I believe, in the last game before the international break. Well, yeah, Dawson's been starting in the middle anyway. My point is, is that they were talking. They, 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 you know, it was going to be Neom. You would still maintain your Neom. Uh, you know, if you if you drafted Dawson, if you had drafted Neom, you would still be able to play both of them because they would still be playing for West Brom. I think that's still the case. So you think that one of Higazi or Johnny Evans will not start? Uh, Evans hasn't started yet, and like, he's because, been dealing with injuries. That's also because he was subject to transfer rumor. Um, that too. That too. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Good point. I don't know. 
I mean, Hagazi Hagazi, I think, is one of the most popular transferred in players on FPL. Yes, because he scored one goal. Uh, and plays for West Brom, who get clean sheets. Yep. Uh, so it's. I don't know. That's the problem. We got to see what happened. I mean, Dawson has been pretty good. Well, try, role, well so. I mean, we're the season-long focus, right? Try to project it out a little bit. I mean, who would you feel most comfortable with from the West Brom defense perspective? Um, I would... Um, it's tough. Yeah, nobody. Especially because on most season-long formats, Chris Brunt is a midfielder. Right. So you can't... You can't <clears throat> I, think Evans, I think Evans is probably the safest until Macaulay comes back. Yeah. Like I think uh, Higazi was always viewed as the third one. If that, if that's, the, I mean, I'm hoping that you're right because I have a couple of teams where I have both Dawson and Neom, uh, and I don't really want to drop either one of them right now, sure. because West Brom are playing really well, and I'd like to trade them at their max value, which might be now. But I, I think, I think this you're is going to find I somebody to trade for a defender. I mean, max like value. a Alan yeah, Neom is, max value, okay. Hey, look, you you try to get profit wherever you can, Andrew. I like yeah. to profit on defenders that I will just then use to when someone drops a star player who's struggling, I'll pick that person up. Mm-hmm. I would love to see um, Tony Pulis just go with four center backs, like Brunt, <laughs> Evans, Macaulay, and Higazi. That's the, that's the kind of attitude that got Mark Wilmots fired from Belgium. Um, well, he tried to play them as fullbacks. I think Pulis I, would just be like, this is no, no, no. But I think they, he would be like, don't even think you're a fullback. You're just a center back with less area to cover. So they would play six at the back, right? Yeah, if yeah. not seven. Throw, yeah, I mean, you could play those four, and then like a second defensive line of Neom, Dawson, and uh, Gibbs, and then you have Brunt in the ten, Brunt and uh, Phillips, and then J Rod. Is that twelve guys? That might be I, I, I think you, I think you listed a couple guys twice. I, 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 th- I think it's the Tony Pulis like lineup. It's all defenders, and you might have twelve. Yeah. Right. It'll feel like 12. Yeah, it'll feel, it'll feel like 12 <laughs> defenders. That's that's correct. Um, yeah, so ultimately I have no idea how it goes. I think Evans is the safest one now that he's fit, uh, which means he's definitely not going to start tomorrow that I've said that. But I think it's Evans and McCauley when both are fit and Higazi will go to the bench. He was. I don't think he was brought in to start over one of those guys. Yeah, I, I, I mean, some, I mean, it's it's all about whether you play the hot hand or hot boots in this case. I don't know, uh, but anyway, West Brom. Uh, I anticipate a terrible battle uh, in this matchup here. I think that when you're looking at a game where a game slate of ten o'clock in America, I would say all the other games are at ten o'clock, and this one's at fifteen o'clock, just so people don't want to do the math and they won't watch. That's basically it. I do, like I don't I just don't want anyone to watch this game. Like when you have West Brom fantasy options, you don't watch the games. You just close your eyes and you hope that the points just get there at the end of the time at the game week. Hmm. Yeah, and on Brighton, Anthony Knockart and nobody else. Anyway, uh, no, I don't know if nobody. I would. I still like Pascal Gross. Ugh. Gross. Everton are uh, Everton are at home and the Spurs come to town. Uh, Everton last time we saw them were completely embarrassed by. Uh, by Chelsea, and they've had a full two weeks to hear about it from everybody in the pundancy and their uh, a- and their fans. So uh, Spurs come in, uh, luckily not playing at Wembley because all they've been hearing about is the Wembley curse. And thank God they go to Goodison Park. Hmm. Uh, I anticipate a KG affair, and I think this one actually might even be like a two-one kind of a Spurs type deal, but it'll be very close. Uh, I agree. 
And I think that Everton, <laughs> as a team on the rise, are going to put up a, a really good battle. I think there's going to be a lot of fantasy value from a lot of players in this game. Maybe not necessarily in the term in the way of goals, but midfield options. Uh, you know, possibly even some defensive options that are going to put in some crosses, make some chances. Uh, uh, if, uh, if we see if we see the debut of Serge Aurier, that would be the first source that I would go to. Uh, one thing to note, though, uh, I. I thought about this during our draft on Thursday or Tuesday, whatever Tuesday. Um, I really don't I, like. I never liked Leighton Baines in the last couple of years, and I like him even less now because he is going to get a grand total of zero set pieces now. Um, I think that's fair. That's a fair assessment. He, um, yeah, I mean, with Secrets in there, like, who do you think scores for Everton though? That's the problem that I have with them. Like, if I don't necessarily think Spurs will shut them out, somebody has to score. And, like, do I really have to think it's Wayne Rooney? I mean, Wayne Rooney, by the way, he's got – I mean, he's got some issues with the, the drink-driving charge. So, he does. Um, you know, Everton are you – know, Wayne Rooney, yeah, they're probably going to have to depend on him to score goals. Uh I'm still not Sandro's biggest fan. I I really liked what I saw with Everton when they played Calvert Lewin and Rooney together. They looked like they linked up rather nicely. Uh, sure. And against Manchester City in that game. Yeah, I think they have a much tougher task this time. Uh, I mean, they're going up against a better side defensively for sure. Um, but it's like, I'm not I even think, sure Calvert Lewin starts. Well, my point is, is that I think that he should because all the other options that we talk about for Everton have no pace. And if you have no pace and you're not going to be putting your foot to the uh, you're not going to be putting your foot to the floor in terms of attack, uh, you're not going to get any possession. You're just going to be uh, when you get the ball back, when you get the ball, if, if Tottenham do turn the ball over, you'll have two or three passes, but no one can get past the actual last line of defense. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham will be able to get back and defend and then you'll just eventually turn the ball over and it's it's going to be like the begin like the, in the middle in the middle third of the game of uh usa versus honduras where usa had no pace and they decided not to go forward at all they just kept turning the ball back over to honduras that was a horrible game um just yeah, reassociated all over <laughs> yeah. who do you think scores the most fantasy points in this game uh christian erickson okay uh, I mean, a goal and an assist for me is not too far out of the realm here. Okay. I, 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 uh, I'm also a big fan of Harry Kane in this game. Because mm, it's uh, September. Because uh, the clock strikes September, and so <laughs> it is stupid. It is totally stupid. He's had 18 shots in his past two yeah. games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, He's not, that's, it's not that's, one that's, for that's trying. Insane. That's insane. He's still scoring a ton of points, by the way. But like, it's uh, it, it, the goals will come. They always do for him, and they come in. Like, sometimes they come in bunches, but it, it's it, yeah, again, Ever, Ever, Everton. If they want to be top four contenders, have to get a result out of this. Uh, a draw would be a very good result for Everton here. Uh, I agree. I think top four for Everton is ridiculous, but sure. If I'm saying if they, they have those aspirations with the amount of money they've spent. Um, I guess you don't guess. Do, you don't spend that much money to finish like to want to finish sixth. You want to finish fourth. Yeah, I mean the only reason they spent that money is because they got it. It's not like they went out of their way to be like we're going to spend a ton of money this year. It's like oh we just got a hundred million pounds for Romelu Lukaku or whatever they got for him. Thank you. Right, like they were forced to spend. 
they weren't forced to. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It's We do think that it's going to be Spurs. I do think there'll be goals on both sides in this one. I think this will be a great game to watch. Of the 10 o'clock games, I believe this is the one you're going to want to see. Sure. I think that's right. And uh, uh, the final... Maybe. maybe. Well, we'll talk... Well, the final game of the slate, which I think is the only contender, is Leicester at home. The past two champions of the league, Leicester taking on uh, Chelsea here. It's a shame to see two teams in blue battle it out against each other. I don't like that. Uh, it's a civil war that I don't particularly like to part, uh, to see. Uh, but anyway, Chelsea do travel coming off their best performance of the season, which is something that you want to hear. Uh, but, kind of, but Leicester have played all the teams they've played tough, including Arsenal and... Uh, they played them tough despite giving up four goals. Brighton and Man did. United. Thank you. Man U was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, I mean, the they scored twice at home in their only home game, and now they're playing at home again. I, don't, I just don't see how Leicester does anything against Chelsea. Well, that's when they're at their most dangerous. At home? No, when you don't think anything of them. Uh, it's... I mean, it's less of them than what I feel about Chelsea. So, But Chelsea, we should note, like, they have a Champions League match coming up. Uh, I believe they play Tuesday. And so, uh, you know, we may see some rotation. Obviously, we were talking about Willian coming back from international uh, duty down in Brazil. Eden Hazard returned over the international break. Uh, Antonio Conte kind of made it sound Let's like he wasn't sure fair. if he would start. Let's so. be fair. What? Let's be fair. Chelsea played Carabag. Rotation would happen in Carabag. Oh, I disagree. I think you you play your A team in Champions League. Not that their like B team is that bad, but I'm just saying I, I think I, we could see some rotation this week or this weekend. Yeah, I mean, if I were Chelsea, I would send a few players out there early because it's like a five thousand mile trip. Aren't they at home for Carabag? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. true. They are. They, the first time they're at home, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about for the uh, sorry for the second leg. They should just send people out early because it's so far away. Mm. I was actually reading an article recently about how it was good that Manchester United didn't draw them because um, Henrik Mkhitaryan uh, isn't allowed in the country. So they're deaf. They would know at least one spot in their lineup would have to be changed. Theoretically. But anyway, we're talking about Chelsea. Yes, we are. Um, uh, yeah, so I, who knows who so, starts, and so that. Uh, kind of... I, I, mean, I think Hazard is going to start. Okay. Uh, and which means that you're you're the classic battle of Willian versus Pedro, and what we've seen in the past is Pedro wins that battle. Yeah, it's not much of a battle. Um, it, yeah, it could be um, Fabregas. You know, depending on how Conte wants to play, Antonio yeah, I, I, not I think, N'Golo. but yeah. theoretically Fabregas plays. If he doesn't, Bakayoko could start. Um, I've got to think that it's a Fabregas game, considering the opponent. The opponent's going to sit back, and they're, you're going to have the, mm -hmm. the room, to, you, and you're going to need that presence to pick the defense apart. I think I agree. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think it's going to be, yeah, and then Bakayoko will be first off the bench if they get a lead. Um, probably. You know, probably for like like Pedro or something like that, and then Fabregas can go up front. Mm. I'm okay. just saying that, 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 I mean, that, that's how I see the rotation going if if they get the lead is my point anyway doesn't matter it won't be necessary because no one's going to try and start uh, Bakayoko in a fantasy setting most fantasy settings anyway uh, on the Leicester side uh, I still do like Riyad Mahrez in this game in terms of creating chances uh, and Mark Albrighton if you do a crosses thing uh, because he somehow still gets crosses 
but Chelsea, uh, I do not like Casper Schmeichel because Chelsea tend to be very efficient in their shot taking on net versus in net. Agreed. If you're looking for like a underdog keeper, this I don't think this is where you're going. No, it's not where you're going. Uh, uh, for the Chelsea side, I also do not like uh, Cotois because I am not confident in the clean sheet ability in this game because Leicester are very clinical on counterattacks, which Chelsea are susceptible to from time to time. Uh, so uh, is Leicester... there anybody who's not susceptible to counters? West Brom, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> like the teams that sit back? Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it would, yeah, it would take a... It would take a ghastly mistake for West Brom to be countered on, right? <laughs> or they'd have, or they'd have to already be down by three goals and they're chasing the game, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but anyway, uh, I do think that Leicester do score, so uh, I do think that there's some value on the offensive options on the Leicester side. Hmm. Okay. Vardy. Okazaki uh, and his continued golden boot run. No, I'm think. Oh, I'm thinking more along the lines of like, like Harry Maguire. Oh, okay. Okay. Not necessarily Harry Maguire, but like Christian Fuchs or something like that. Like something dominating like, a header over David Luiz. Or like a random second ball or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. You know, like off a set piece. Okay. You know, that kind of thing. All right, let's round out the Saturday slate, shall we? We have uh, Stoke at the Bet365 taking on Manchester United, who are praying for sunshine. Uh, <laughs> DraftKings weather said there was going to be a sun. A sun? And not, not four suns? four suns uh, you just said it's going to be a sun as as opposed to the multiple sun weathers yeah. that you get anyway um manchester united uh the hottest team in the league them and their plus 10 goal differential yet to concede uh i'm not sure if any of that changes here agree yeah I, I don't think i don't think stoke offer much up in the way of resistance especially with word coming out that ryan shawcross is going to not be available correct uh taking away uh, basically it's uh like Lukaku is now the like like just you just put your Lukaku on the table and it wins. It's like the dominant. It's like a dominating card in a deck. <laughs> yeah, they uh, signed Kevin Vimmer from Tottenham. I don't even know if he starts. They they've been playing Bruno Martins Indy out wide, so they could always just bring him in, and they could still play three. Jeff Cameron's back from international duty. So, uh, I mean, is it worth noting that Stoke have not? Um, have not given up more than one goal in any game, and they have a clean, two clean sheet, or I'm sorry, one clean sheet. They shut out Arsenal at home, and they gave up just one at Everton and at West Brom. Uh, uh, they've gotten off to a good start. Mark Hughes aside, have gotten off to a good start defensively. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not this is not the team you want to be playing right now. Of course, I mean, of course, but I'm just saying they're they they've been better than we all had expected. At least defensively. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, but offensively, they 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 will not. They're horrific. They An will not. They will they will not crack the nut that is the Manchester United defense. Probably not. No, I would feel very comfortable. I ranked all four defensive options in our weekly rankings this week for Manchester United, and I believe I put De Gea first. Not positive, but I think it, it, it was close at least. Seems reasonable. It may have been Fraser Forrester. I'm not positive. Anyway. Um, but I do. I just you did have to hit first. Yeah, that's what I thought. I I I, I try. I mean, I, I would tr- I would be feel comfortable starting pretty much any Manchester United option if you're in a season long format. If you yep. have them, absolutely. Okay, let's go to the two game Sunday slate where we have uh, Burnley up at Turf Moor taking on Crystal Palace. Uh, 
Uh, Crystal Palace, it can't get any worse. Um, uh, Burnley, though, they've only done their damage on the road so far. Very they had, weird. Yeah, very strange. Two very good scalps on the road already, taking a point at Tottenham and taking three from Chelsea on opening day. Uh, Crystal Palace taking no points from anybody, and they didn't even play anybody. So it's just uh, just bad times for everybody at Crystal Palace. All the Christian Benteke owners have to be freaking out. Jason Punchin owners but likely dropping them, uh, dropping him. Uh, Andros Townsend, who knows? Uh, just I mean. It, I guess the only thing that's of note is that Ruben Loftus-Cheek may be available. Uh, but on it, you, I mean, for the first time in a while, you've got to like your Burnley options. And second, uh, secondly, let's talk about the Burnley forwards here because Sam Vokes, obviously the incumbent. But Chris Wood, on his debut in a substitute appearance, scored the tying goal against Tottenham. Yeah, I think they could both play. Yeah, if they both play up front, I, I'm saying I'd like. I'm not sure who I like more. Mm. I, I I think they both play uh, good styles for Burnley, and I think that they could both be dangerous. Yeah, at, I agree. Like, I'm not saying that they're going to be like twin 15 goal scorers or anything. Go <laughs> crazy, but it's you know it's it's something to it's something that at least that I'm going to be looking at as time goes on in the next few weeks to see what what shakes out in the forward line at Burnley there because at the very least especially for Sam Vokes there's uh you know if you're looking at Taga scoring the aerial duels uh is something to watch for yeah i think i like both of them they they seem to have a pretty established 442 that they could play um which makes it a little easier cuz they really just rotated so much last year not that they won't do it this year but it just seems like they have a clear 11 that makes sense with defor and uh jack cork in the middle and then berg goodmanson and brady out wide with Vokes and wood up top so um yeah the palace thing did we mention it on earlier this week about how this is basically like a make or break game for DeBoer, which is like ridiculous but theoretically you should be able to get a point against burnley if you want to stay in the premier league right it's uh, it would be a Bob Bradley Bradley esque tenure right. for Frank DeBoer. Did uh, did you say you think everybody's dropping Jason Punch in Taga leagues though? Uh, I think I think that dramatic? owners are think I think owners are thinking about dropping Jason Punch at this point. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I as one of them, I've thought about it. I haven't done it yet. I, but I, if he doesn't do anything against Burnley, I guarantee you, I'm dropping him. Wow. Uh, I think that he might be a little better because Mamadou Sacco's there. And they were much better last year when he was there. Um, that gives them a little bit a stronger back three if they want to keep playing that way. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird it's weird because they have a lot of guys that we have seen be solid fantasy options, and they've just been all pretty bad this year. And changing that at Burnley, like it's not a horrible matchup. They they should be able to do something, but I, I don't think I'm starting anybody from Palace this week. And Big Sam has already confirmed that he will not return to Crystal Palace, which basically says to me they asked him. Oh, sure. Uh, so, you know, it, you, there is the, I, there is some credence to your statement that this is a make or break game for DeBoer, because I do think that the Crystal Palace board have been asking people to, you know, what are their thoughts on managing the team? Yeah, it's annoying because it's like a perfect Big Sam team. I mean, there are his players and. um, But, yeah, like you said, he's not going to take the job. Yeah, uh, Wilfred Saha, um, latest on his possible return? I believe he's a no. 
If but I... it's yeah. It, it, either way, he makes a world of difference going forward for Crystal Palace. Uh, and if he does not play, I, I, I if he does not play, there's zero options I like from this game from Crystal Palace because Burnley, if anything, they are responsible defensively, uh, especially at home when you look at last season. Uh, so I'm not anticipating a high-scoring affair, but I do think that this could be like a Burnley one nil or possibly two nil affair. Yep, I think that's right. Unfortunately, the goals can come from anybody, but you got to at least think it's one of the forwards with hopefully Robbie Brady involved somehow. Yeah, and just just a quick thing on uh, Wilfred Zaha. He's he has been ruled out for this week. Okay, great. But he is also currently not great being, for him, but. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Anyway, according to PremierInjuries.com, he has been ruled out. All right, we go to Swansea here. We go to the Welsh. Uh, we go to the Welsh side of things. Uh, Newcastle come to town. Uh, Newcastle themselves, uh, weird team uh, for me right now. Uh, their captain still is uh, well. John Joe Shelby is their captain, but he misses his final game of his three-game suspension this week. Uh, I um, think he's back. Uh, I think they did, had. Was a, there an FA Cup game? I believe that, there was an be... FA Cup game. Yeah. Okay. If there was an FA, yeah. Okay. So then he then. It, or not FA, FA Cup. Cup. It was the other one. The it was a. The energy ca- the, drink cup. The capital. Oh, the the capital one replacement cup. Yeah. Um, Carabao. So, Car- Carabao. Okay, something like that. The Sobe Life Water Cup. I don't know. Anyway, it's it's the he's back. It, it's the crappy cup. Uh, okay, so John Joe Shelby back. Fine. Uh, that kind of ruined my analysis. But anyway, uh, Newcastle to me, uh, Joe Salute still seems to be the best option up front. Uh, Matt Ritchie is something. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, the, it's been a little bit of up and down. He did get his assist uh, in game week number three. Uh, but I really think that Newcastle have the infrastructure to do, you know, good enough things to avoid relegation this season, even though a lot of people don't think so because they just can't score enough goals. But it, it, to me, it may depend on the health of an un, of a usually unhealthy Joselu. Um, yeah, I feel like we all have to think that Newcastle are better because we're like, oh, it's a big club. and um, But this team is awful. This team has, I think, like three players that people really know in Shelby, Richie, and, you know, maybe you know one of Dwight Gale, Joe Salou, like Iozzi Perez. But uh, it's, you know, outside of it is, I mean, you might be right that it's pretty anonymous, but I actually do like Chancel Mbemba uh, as a defender. I, mean, I think he's out. Yeah, that that, that that is a problem. But uh, just say it, for spinning it long term, like like season long, it's I, I actually still believe a little bit in Newcastle and what they can do. And I might be the only one, and I'm not, a, uh, and that's okay. I don't <laughs> okay. mind being the, I don't mind being the last one on that sinking ship at this point. Uh, that's fine. I, I just uh, it'll be it'll take some results for them to become well, like, legitimate. And, I mean, and, Richie, and, I think is fine. Indeed. I Richie's the yeah, only at, one I've considered. Yeah. At Swansea is not a difficult fixture. Uh, I think it's harder than people give it credit for. If you have aspirations to stay in the Premier League, you need this fixture to be positive for you. you, you that applies to both teams. Uh, I do think it applies to both teams. I think they're both relegation contenders. Yeah, I think. Sure. That's not, that's not a very long limb that I just went out on. Mm-hmm. You know, but, I'm just saying uh, it's not like. Newcastle, there's no more importance for Newcastle to get a result than Swansea. 
All right, let's put it this way then. Would you feel more comfortable with a Wilfred Bonney if he starts for the first time making his debut, or would you feel comfortable with a Joe Salou? Um, I'd probably go Bonney. I would go Joe Salou. So, uh, and then uh, Tom Carroll. I'm assuming you would like less than Matt Ritchie. Yes, but I don't think there's anybody like I would put Ritchie. I mean, I would put Carroll next. Yeah, and I think that's where it ends in terms of fantasy relevant, uh, fantasy relevant analysis for individual players. Uh, you're off Tammy Abraham now. Well, if Wilford Bonney is starting, like if Wilford Bonney is starting, yeah, I'm off Tammy Abraham. Uh, that's they don't play that's, together. That's, that's pretty fair. Uh, I mean, they could. I don't yeah, see why. Like, <laughs> I don't see why. Like, it's it's not like one of them is Jordan Ayu who's like quick. Like Tim Abraham is, he has some quickness to him, but he's not like pacey. You know who's really sad that you don't talk about him anymore? John Leroy, Joe Shelby, Leroy Fair. Uh, it is sad. <laughs> it is sad. I really do like his game. Uh, I think on a different team we'd like him a lot more. I'm sure on a different team you would like him a lot more. Fine. You know. You know. You know who would be perfect for West Ham. Um. Is that? Are you saying that to transition to the next game? Because I don't see where he would play at West Ham. I would say he he, he would play like right next to Mark Noble, and yes, that is a transition over to West Ham, who take on unbeaten Huddersfield, yet to concede. Uh, Huddersfield going into West Ham, uh, West Ham needing to do well at London Stadium to, you know, get their new stadium off and running. Them and Tottenham really need to, you know, lift their home spirits, if you will, and. Uh, for West Ham, this is. It, I think the I think the international break hurt Huddersfield more than it would hurt West Ham. Because, totally agree. Because Huddersfield really wanted to keep that momentum going. Yep. Um. But Huddersfield, I I, I still love Steve Mounier. Um, I've really liked what they've been doing overall. Uh, Tom Ince has looked good. Um, it's. They just they have something going right now, and I just hope that the international break didn't stop it. Uh, I think that yeah, I agree with all of that. It's scary how many times I've said that in this podcast, but I'm telling you, man, I am seeing FPL this year like a beach ball. It is <laughs> Aaron it, Moy. You didn't mention him. Well, I mean, do you like him more than Lanzini? Oof, it's tough. It's tough. That, that oh god, that is. I like them both. I okay. like. I think they're on the same tier. How's that? And what about Chicharito versus Munier? Uh, Chicharito, because he's going to shoot more. Uh, but for me, I'll put it this way: for Moy and Lanzini, I put them in the same tier, but for completely different reasons. Like I'm not expecting Aaron Moy to rack up the chances created or the the take ons that Lanzini might, right. or potentially even assists. But Aaron Moy is still going to be involved in that offense, and he is also going to get tackles. Like he's going to do the, he's going to do the dirty work to get points versus Lanzini, who does the more shiny things to right. get to get points. That's fair. Yeah, because Huddersfield depend on nobody else in the midfield, really. Tom, like what do you mean? It, in the middle of the park. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, like Tom Ince, let's be honest. He's a, glo- he's, he's like a, he's, he's basically a forward who it gets an be. M next to his name. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, so you think Leroy Fair is better than Kuyate? I don't see why you have to only start two there for West Ham, especially their struggles defensively. Okay. 
<laughs> like, I don't see why they he has to replace one of them. He can certainly replace a guy like Marko Arnautovic, and they won't miss him. Hmm. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, they could have three in the three in the middle and try to actually, you know, be good in the midfield. Okay. Not not just completely fold like an accordion when someone breaks their initial press. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's been pretty awful to watch West Ham defensively. Yes, and you know Joe Hart's not really bailing them out either. Good lord, he is horrible. <laughs> like, you know that's another reason why like some people may like Mounier because he's going up against Joe Hart. <laughs> like that helps. Yeah, but man, like I you know like it, it's the, I could totally see an Aaron Moy corner that just goes through the hands of Joe Hart mm-hmm. and just falls to some random Huddersfield guy for comments. It doesn't matter who. Like it's just like it's just some guy. Yeah. <laughs> like his like the name on the back of his jersey is just another guy. Okay. Not J-A. just guy. J A guy, if you will. <laughs> All right. Oh, I wish I didn't find that as funny as I did. Yeah. Well, you know, when you spend too much time with Jordan Cooper, anything's funny. Ouch. Bam! Shot fired back. Starting anyway. eleven. Yes, Who let's get to our starting 11 lineups here. I have gone with a 3-4-3 formation. How oh, about you yourself? figured it out. I did figure it out. But the 4-4-2 has been so good for you. It has. Oh. It has, but I found a third forward that I liked this week. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, the, right. the Saturday slate, which includes the first game, uh, Liverpool-Man City, like, it is stacked. Yeah, because the only teams that don't play then are West Ham, Huddersfield, Newcastle, Swansea, Burnley, right. Crystal Palace. Right. Well, we had previously had a bunch of these teams not playing Saturdays. And so and we'll, we're going to have that next week because of Champions League in Europa. A lot of them will be pushed to Sunday, but uh, or some of them will. So, yeah, it's fun to like this almost feels like if or it is like if you if they you played an all weekend slate, your team would be no different. So just to give you a comparison next weekend. The Sunday slate, Chelsea, Arsenal, yep, and United, Everton. Yep, there you go. Boom! <laughs> that is as loaded as a two-game slate as you can get. Um, yeah, yeah. Compare c- c- and you know, and, and you know, compared to the Friday slate, because we do have one Friday of uh, next week, Bournemouth, Brighton, just whatever I wanted to see. <laughs> anyway, my three defenders for game week number four. Before we go too far into game week five, mm-hmm. uh, my three defenders for game week four. They are Cedric. Mm-hmm. Daily Blind, mm-hmm. Marcus Alonso. Ooh, okay. I did not really go too far out on a limb with any of those guys. And in goal, I have Ben Foster. Okay. Um, I have Blind as well. Instead of Cedric, I went with Bertrand. Same thought. Um, I have Kalasinic and Czech. So I went more of the Arsenal clean sheet than the. You did. Um, well, I spread. I spread it out. I didn't yep. stack. Yep. Uh, in the midfield, I have Mesut Ozil, Eden Hazard, Paul Pogba, and Nathan Redmond. We have a uh, we have a very different midfield. Good. I have Sadio Mane. Okay. I have Kevin De Bruyne. Okay. I have Paul Pogba, and I have Christian Eriksen. Yeah, I think Pogba is like a lock in this game every week. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess I'm just not. I don't. I'm just not putting a lot of stock. Or at least, yeah, fantasy stock in this Everton Liverpool game. Like, I feel like it's not going to be as. You mean huge. you mean ever the Everton uh, Tottenham game and the, and the City Liverpool game? What did I say? Everton Liverpool. Uh, yeah, sorry. I'm not putting as much in the Tottenham Everton game. 
I mean, I only put one player in it. I didn't like go crazy That's true. with it. But That's so true. I didn't pick any defenders from Tottenham, which mm-hmm. is usually something that I do. Yeah. Also because I searched for REA and I couldn't find anybody. Oh, okay. That's, you know, neither here nor there. I may have spelled it wrong. Who knows? I, I can't wait for anyway. you to go all in on REA this week and trip your starts. I, <laughs> no, I will not. Uh, I have in my forward three, I have Alexander Lacazette. I have Alvaro Morata. And I have Romelu Lukaku, mm-hmm. who, another person who everyone has to start and captain. Um, I, I have Lukaku, Aguero, and Alexis, who I captained. I'm going down with the ship this week, Mike. You really are. That is a lot of Arsenal. It's uh, four. That's the one on each level. One at, one at every level yeah. is my point. And your captain. Yep. Again, they, they, it, they're like the dominant favorite on this slate. And if Lacazette doesn't start, by the way, I will start Harry Kane. Okay. This, I, I really toiled between Lacazette and Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. I just said Lacazette, Burnmouth at home is a better matchup than Harry Kane at Everton. That's fair. Like It was very close, though. I really did want to put my faith in Harry Kane in the first game of September just mm-hmm. because to, just for the storyline and in case it worked out just to kind of rub it in your face. Um, why is it <laughs> rubbing it in my face? Because you think it is so stupid that the clock strikes September and that's when Harry Kane will start scoring. No, 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 no. That's not why I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid that like everybody is using that as the reason like why he's a good play. Or that that's they're like, I, see, I was I right this whole time. That's just, what I meant. That's exactly what I mean. Right. Like I would just do it like I would just do it that way. Like because and because if it worked, like to rub that in your face, like, see, first game in September, right. you should have started him. Right. It's the same thing as like he's gonna score at some point. Really? Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, You're right. I'll take this side that he won't ever score again. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I can't think of a better way to end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. So thank you, Andrew, for providing it for me. And thank you to our friends at Starting Eleven, the only place where you can change your lineups live during your DFS matchup. So thank you again, Andrew. Thank you, Starting Eleven. And we will catch you again to preview game week number five uh, next week. So talk to you then, Andrew. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.